Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to LSU Daily with Matt Moscona. Your home for all the latest Tiger news. Part of the Guaranteed Podcast Network. Okay, let's get it. It is LSU Daily from Drop Biscuit Studios, Southern home for storytellers. I'm Matt Moscona. Glad to have you aboard with us here on a disappointing Monday in Baton Rouge. Uh, there's no other way to say it. Uh, LSU had everything in front of it going to College Station. Uh, nine and two, already clinched the West, number five in the CFP, knowing that either Michigan or Ohio State would lose. A win in College Station very likely put LSU in that four spot, meaning they would go to Atlanta controlling their own destiny. And all they had to do uh, was go to College Station and beat a four-win Texas A&M team. And by now, we all know what transpired. Uh, LSU loses 38-23. to They could not tackle Devin A. Chain, who ran 38 times for 215 yards and two touchdowns. It was an error-prone game where LSU gave an inferior team a defensive score and largely decided they didn't want to tackle or play hard, which is uh, odd because it's not something we've seen from this team throughout the year, a team that has handled adversity so very well. And now with that loss, it puts LSU in a, in a very, very disappointing spot where you go to the SEC Championship this week, and if you lose to Georgia as a big underdog, um, your destination is likely the Citrus Bowl against Purdue. We'll get into a lot of the the postseason scenarios here in a second, but um, I, I'll briefly talk about the game, and then I want to give you a, a big-picture thought, and then we'll look look ahead. But the the game itself, I don't know that there's a tremendous amount to say. Uh, Josh Williams didn't play. Uh, Jaden Daniels did hurt his ankle late in the game. Harold Perkins was hurt early in the game, missed some time, came back. But uh, none of that really matters. And and this wasn't a game where Jimbo Fisher and his staff so drastically outcoached LSU. There wasn't anything tricky about what Texas A&M did. They ran the, it was easy in the first half. They decided they were going to try to run the ball, shorten the clock, shorten the game. And they did so with, with success. And LSU met some early adversity. AM went up seven, nothing. And, uh, then LSU answered with a, a touchdown of its own, um, to tie it at seven. 
A&M would get the ball and LSU would would come up with a nice red zone stop, force a 25-yard field goal. And LSU was driving, and on third and two, they throw a pass in the flat to Kyron Lacey where he probably scores, but he drops the ball. You settle for a field goal, and now you're tied. And then you allowed A&M to, to score to go up 17-10 and look like you might have a drive to get points before the end of the half. And they, um, they picked up a flag on a P.I., and uh, ultimately LSU couldn't convert. And they went to half down 17 to 10 and LSU got the stop it needed. It made adjustments. You forced a three and out to start the second half. You got a touchdown. It was a tie ball game. You force another three and out. So at that point, everyone is feeling like the inevitable has happened. LSU started slow. They found their footing. Now they take over and roll in the second half. And it looked like you were on your way to doing that. And then on third and one uh, was the fumble scoop and score. A&M went up 24 to 17 LSU got the ball. They put together three first downs, and this was the play. They had a third and six at the A&M 37-yard line, and Jaden Daniels scrambled for eight yards, but they called holding on Emory Jones. LSU on third and 16 couldn't convert. A&M would get the ball score, and LSU never got closer. So um, I don't know that there was anything super tricky about this game. Uh, you got whipped at the line of scrimmage, and – A&M's offensive line went and got after LSU's defensive front, which is so bizarre because that LSU defense had been so good. They were so good against the run, against Auburn, against Ole Miss, against Alabama, against Arkansas. They were so good in that front seven because they've been fast and strong and physical. And on Saturday, they just didn't have much desire to tackle Devin Aching, who was magnificent. So you tip your cap to A&M. It was not a tricky game plan. Connor Wigman, the, the freshman, Yo, he threw 18 passes in the game. He was 12 of 18. I mean, he didn't have to throw the ball. All they did was was run the football. I mean, I, uh, I, I'm i not sure I know really what else to, st- to say. Um, they ran it successfully. They were 7 of 8 on third down uh, in the first half. They finished 10 of 15 on, on third down. Um, I, I, look, at, look at the beginning of the game. Here's A&M's first possession. Their third down conversions. Third and one. Third and one. Third and one. Uh, and then in the next drive, they had a third and one. <laughs> a third and seven, which Connor Wigman got the nine-yard run. That's where Harold Perkins got hurt. Uh, they had a third and 12 that they converted. And a third and three. I mean, uh, just so disappointing uh, with with everything on the line uh, to have that kind of performance. You know, Brian Kelly said after the game that um, he's, you know, this isn't a, a step back. It's a, it's just a bump in the road, and this team's going to learn that um, you got to bring it every week in the SEC, especially on the road. It's hard to win on the road in the SEC, and something we've said here a lot this year is this team isn't good enough to just roll their helmets out there and think they're going to win. Uh, they got to show up and play, uh, and they got bit. And so, because of that loss on Saturday, it. Uh, it removes a uh, a giant goal, which was going to Atlanta with the possibility still of playing for a national championship and getting into the playoff. That that is now that is now dead. There is no scenario where a three loss LSU, even with a win over Georgia, gets into the college football playoff. So, um, your best bet at this point is to hope that LSU plays a great game, bounces back, finds a way to beat Georgia, and ends up in the Sugar Bowl as the SEC champion. And, you know, I want to say, um, 
so just I guess quickly here to go through the the rest of the scenarios. Um, and we've we've gone through them a lot here. You know, if if Georgia beats LSU, of course Georgia goes to the playoff. The highest ranked non-playoff team from the SEC goes to the Sugar Bowl. At this point, that would be Alabama. That would mean Tennessee, now ranked ahead of LSU, would go to the Orange Bowl. And LSU would go to the Citrus Bowl, likely against Purdue. That's assuming Purdue loses the Big Ten championship game to Michigan. So a very, very disappointing reality faces LSU, where if you beat A&M, your best-case scenario is the playoff. Your absolute worst-case scenario is playing the ACC champion in the Orange Bowl. That would have been your worst case had you beaten A&M. Now with this loss, you have two possible scenarios. You beat Georgia and play likely Kansas State in the uh, in the Sugar Bowl. So if TCU beats Kansas State, TCU's in the playoff, K-State would, would go to the Sugar Bowl. So that's your, that's your best case scenario. Beat Georgia, go to the Sugar Bowl, win the SEC, go to the Sugar Bowl, and uh, play Kansas State. Or if you lose to Georgia, you're, you're going to the Citrus Bowl. You're going to the Citrus Bowl to take on unlikely Purdue, and that's just a, a massive bummer to play in a game on January 2nd in Orlando, the same stadium where you're going to start the season next year against Florida State. So um, as this week goes along, we'll talk more about the Georgia game. But what I would like to say and I'm not going to do a very long episode today, but what I would like to say is this. You know, in in 2007, I was I was doing a, a daily sports talk radio show, different radio station, but... And LSU lost what, at the time, had to be considered one of the worst losses, maybe the worst loss in program history. Um, team was ranked number one in the country. It was... Senior day. The only loss was the three overtime loss to Kentucky. It was senior day and it was a great senior class. Glenn Dorsey, Jacob Hester, Matt Flynn, Craig Stelt, some great, great players. And LSU's playing Arkansas in Tiger Stadium, and we all know what happened. But if LSU had won that game, they're they're in the national championship. They're, they're going to the SEC championship and they're going to play for an Addy. And they lose in three overtimes, as we know, to Arkansas. And at the time, that was the worst loss in LSU history. Now, we know what happened. A week later, LSU beat Tennessee. A lot of uncanny circumstances transpired, including Pitt upsetting West Virginia, which opened the door for LSU to uh, to get into the national championship. But at the time, that Arkansas loss was the worst loss in program history because it, it felt like, it, at the time, it had cost you a chance to play for a national championship. And... I remember going on air that Monday, and everyone was was very down, as you would imagine. I mean, it it was a great team that many expected to win the national championship and looked like they let that opportunity get away. And I remember going on air that Monday, and I was kind of stern um, in reminding the audience that the SEC championship is not a consolation. You know, in, in the history of LSU football, you know, SEC championships have not been a very frequent and common thing, and especially at that time. You, know, you were talking about in, in 2007, 
you know, LSU, that, 2007 was the 75th year of, of the Southeastern Conference. And, you know, since 07, LSU, LSU obviously hadn't won it yet, but 07, 11, and then, of course, 19, LSU's won it, won it three times since. Well, you know, LSU has won 16 conference titles, but 12 of them in the SEC. So at the time, LSU had only won nine SEC titles. In 75 years, so basically once a decade, thereabout, LSU had won an SEC title. And so I, I reminded the audience then, the SEC is not a consolation prize. It's the best conference in college football, and for years, LSU couldn't even get to Atlanta. So let's not take for granted the fact that the Tigers are going. And I'm going to say the same thing here. This team, there, there, there are two very obvious points of view. Um, there is the immediacy and the sting of the loss on Saturday, which is devastating, and it's undeniable. You win that game, you had some great things to play for, you had to beat a four-win A&M team, and you lost. You laid down and you lost. And so that stings and some great prizes are, are off the table now, and I understand all the reasons why that sucks. The other part is in time we will be able to pull back and take the 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 10,000-foot view and recognize these guys came in, most of them not knowing how to win. Most of these guys on the LSU team had had experienced back-to-back 500 seasons. You had 19 transfers. Year one under Brian Kelly, the Vegas projected win total was six and a half. And here you are at, at nine and three, and you won the West, and you're going to Atlanta, and there's a lot of things to be really excited about this year and for the future. While it doesn't feel like it right now, I get it. In time, we will take the 10,000-foot view and appreciate that. But in the immediacy of this week, you can't ignore what getting to play for an SEC championship means. You can't take that for granted because for so long, LSU couldn't even get to Atlanta. And now you have an opportunity to go play the number one team in the country and possibly pull an upset. And LSU's done this before. I mean, the only other time a three-loss team, you know, or a three-loss team won the SEC championship was in 2001. Of course, LSU and Nick Saban year two under Nick. Uh, and probably got in and beat number two Tennessee, thirty-one to twenty. Matt Mock or, or thirty to twenty-one. Uh, no, thirty-one to twenty. And Matt Mock had a had a great game. Was the MVP of that game, and uh, you know, in relief of Rohan Davey, who was injured, and and LSU went to the Sugar Bowl and beat Illinois, and that was a a launch a launching point for the Saban era and what's become the 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 greatest part of the LSU dynasty. And you know, maybe this is an opportunity for Brian Kelly. Listen, I understand, and we'll talk about the LSU Georgia game throughout this week. And I understand that 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 LSU is a, is a heavy underdog, and Georgia is a great football team, and and the probability of LSU winning is low. But this is also a great opportunity for LSU to to go play for a conference championship and play much better than they did this past week, and maybe pull off a shocking upset, win the league, uh, upset the college football apple cart, and. Um, and go to New Orleans and uh, and play a Sugar Bowl, likely against Kansas State, and get a little uh, uh, vengeance from a year ago in that Texas Bowl. But I- I'm not trying to make you feel better today about what happened on Saturday. Please don't misunderstand me. But I also, these are coexisting realities. You can feel terrible about Saturday and also appreciate the opportunity that LSU has this weekend to play the number one team in the country and potentially win an SEC championship. So, as we move throughout the week, we will talk plenty about uh, LSU and Georgia. Brian Kelly did meet with reporters, as did Kirby Smart, on a conference call on Sunday uh, at noon today, Monday, as we record this. 
Brian Kelly has his weekly press conference. Uh, the team will be in Atlanta on Thursday. So we are um, we got a lot to talk about as LSU gets ready to play another game in the SEC championship, and it's a big one. So uh, we're looking forward to it and, uh, and to this week, and hopefully you are as well. So we'll look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow as we hear from Brian Kelly as he starts to turn the page and look ahead to the Georgia Bulldogs. Until then, it is LSU Daily from Drop Biscuit Studios.